0: Welkom bij de Pactify podcast, een podcast over management en alles wat daarmee te maken heeft, zoals werk organiseren, productiviteit, technologie, gedrag van mensen, engagement en zo verder. Ik benader de meeste van de thema's en theorieën vanuit een kritisch, rationeel perspectief. Dat wil zeggen het perspectief waarbij je uitgaat dat er geen fundamentele theorieën zijn en dus ook geen fundamentele managementtheorieën en dat het beste wat je kunt doen met theorieën is ze onderwerpen aan kritiek en te proberen om ze continu te verbeteren, meer specifiek te maken of meer waardevol in het oplossen van problemen. Ik hoor graag feedback, opmerkingen en kritiek en hoop dat jullie dit interessant vinden. Alvast bedankt om te luisteren. Hi everyone, today I'd like to talk about the concept of control in management theories. It's obviously a very prevailing concept, uh, which is found back in many, if not all, theories about uh, management. And also you hear people complain often in the sense that their managers are controlling them too much. And on the other hand, also management can state that there is not enough control and that control should be increased so this is a very interesting concept um, to understand better but the starting point is already if people complain that there is too much control or that they are controlled too much uh, that statement is, isn't really revealing a lot um, it's not saying what they are controlled on and what the potentially negative outcome of that is or the result or the consequence so the interesting question is what do we control in organizations and what are the kind of outcomes or consequences that are linked to that and i guess classically we try to control two things we either control people or we try to control outcomes or results in fact i have to say we try to control because control is never absolute uh, or guaranteed um, impact we always try to control something and it's either i guess people typically or outcomes of results when we control people, it typically goes in the shape or form like you should do this or you should understand that or you should achieve. So it we're using this the, the phrase you. We make it very personal in terms of what we expect or want or... Um, believe that that person should uh, be doing or thinking. When we control or try to control outcomes or results, we use more the phrase we should. So we make it impersonal, we we um, associate it with, with some collective uh, personality. And we say things like we should increase productivity, we should reduce uh, costs. That are all things or outcomes or results in terms of um effectiveness and and productivity, but it could also be outcomes and results that relate to how people feel so we can equally as well say we should act as a team we should be engaged we should trust each other so all those kinds of outcomes are also subject of control um in the in this impersonal uh form so the the form where we use we instead of you and so i guess that those are the two things that management tries to control it's either people and then they say you should or it is outcomes and results and then they say we should but both forms of control are basically flawed and uh, have have important shortcomings and my thesis is that we should not abandon control but we should direct control towards uh, something else and not specifically towards what people should do or think or what outcomes or result we should definitely achieve now Before going to that way, let me go over the two ways of control once more to highlight the uh, flaws in it. So the first one, if we control people, if we say you should do or achieve or think this or that, the flaw in there is that you are doing the problem solving in the place of that person. That person can have or typically has an idea of how to solve a problem, how to make progress how to achieve a goal and you apply control in a different sense you direct or intervene into that problem solving process by giving the solution yourself and typically that solution conflicts with an idea or a solution that the person already had him or herself and so there's an unresolved conflict because there's an idea that was previously there um, about how to solve the problem by the person, named him or herself. And that ID is now contrasted with a forced ID on how to solve the problem. And only in the very unlikely event that those IDs are perfectly similar, you don't have a conflict. There's nothing to be resolved. But typically, these IDs differ. Um, They may differ widely or they may differ slightly but in any of those cases there is still a conflict to be resolved there is something unclear in the mind of the person who then executes upon both ids or or only one of them or some kind of third id that he or she makes uh, him or herself and the desired behavior, therefore, will not follow. So the, the, the behavior as a result of the ideas that um, are being pursued, uh, given the fact that they are still unresolved and conflicting, the resulting behavior will also be suboptimal and therefore also the result or the eventual outcome of the ideas and, and and their subsequent behavior. So that's a big flaw with trying to control people, saying you should do this or you should think that when uh, people have their own ideas of how to solve problem, how how to make progress. And if you don't resolve uh, those two differing ideas, uh, you will have suboptimal resulting behavior and therefore also outcomes. That's the big flaw with trying to control people. The other way of controlling things like outcomes and results is the following uh, that's where we say we should uh, we should increase productivity we should reduce costs we should trust each other and etc cetera, etc cetera. so the impersonal um, sentence of control what we target there or what we want there as outcomes of results are typically very big and beautiful things like trust engagement productivity And the flaw with trying to control them is that all those things, those outcomes and results are emergent phenomena. And I've went into the concept of emergence in in previous episodes, but in principle, an an, an emergent phenomenon or an emergent outcome or result is something that is quite complex in the way it is being brought about so it's causal chain the events that led up to that outcome are quite complex so there are many small things very specific that act upon each other and that produce this outcome that produce this trust this engagement this productivity and so because it is emergent you cannot basically control it you cannot influence it and steer it in the specific direction you want or the specific quantity even you want simply because it's emergent and therefore it's causal effect or its causal chain is complex and too complex to intervene in a way that you can really change it towards a targeted specific outcome that you want as opposed to the outcome that is emerging so that doesn't say or that this doesn't mean that i'm saying that it's wrong to set goals for outcomes and results it's more a statement about the likelihood that you can really intervene and influence in these uh, outcomes and results in a very specific way, uh, as we typically tend to try to do, but uh, fail to do so. Emergent outcomes can be guided, but they cannot be controlled. So they cannot be exactly manufactured or produced as in the way that we typically want it. But that doesn't say that it's bad to set goals because goals set directions, but emergent outcomes will always have a big component that is uncontrollable and uninfluencible. They will have components that are guideable, um, but the very specific outcome in all its richness and flavor and specific, specific attributes is highly uncontrollable, and and yet that is what we, uh, as managers, managers try to aim for or try to do um, in, in in every or in, in in a lot of cases, and and that's that's not good. So these are the two ways in which we control things. So it's either people or outcomes and results, and also the two flaws that are associated with uh, both ways. Now. I said that I was going to come up with another subject that we can control or another attribute in management that we can control and what is that well that is essentially the the process of knowledge creation because um, most outcomes and most results are emergent anyway but they are emergent based upon the kind of knowledge that is being created and whether that knowledge is really explaining how we solve problems and how we make progress and what we do to make that progress and so knowledge creation is fundamental the um, knowledge creation should be open-ended should be tapping into everyone's potential and everyone's information and insights and the process of bringing people together around problems in order to create the most optimum knowledge creation process is is vital and there you can use control to to erect that, to uh, instantiate that, to launch that, and to maintain that—that that means that you don't control the actual knowledge that is being created, because that would be again the two uh, in, that would fall into the two bad categories of controlling things. You don't control the specific knowledge that is created, but you control the process that you need in order to have optimum knowledge creation. And those are small essential things that you can control if you don't control specifically and directly the knowledge that is being created at every step of the process. So what are these small and essential things? Well, as a manager, you can decide and control what problems to give to your people Uh, in order to solve and those problems should be good relevant they should make the organization better off once they are solved and so you can actually control what problems people are working on and in some situations people are working on the wrong problem or working on an average problem but for too long and you can intervene you can influence the mix of problems that people work on you can also intervene and control who is working on those problems and so you can select people with relevant knowledge but that were absent in the knowledge creation process to be participating in that um, by basically influencing and controlling that you can also control the participation uh, in the process you can control the fact that people can have ideas that there is a minimum of autonomy And so that anyone is allowed to have an ID, for example, as opposed to controlling that everyone should remain into their specific area of responsibility for any ID that they may put forward on the table. You can do the reverse and make sure to allow uh, any kind of ID from anyone um, as long as it's being um, developed and enhanced through the process of cooperation. You can also control the level of transparency on how an ID evolves, and so you could make it harder for people to kill IDs in an intransparent way. That is again a way of controlling, but not controlling the knowledge, but controlling the process in which knowledge, knowledge is optimally created. Another similar uh, to the idea of controlling the process of good knowledge creation is that you demand that there is good criticism, that you expect that um, ideas should get better uh, from their initial starting point and that they should get better based on good criticism, based on error detection and error correction in the idea and that you demand that there is good criticism. Again, that you don't control the criticism yourself, but that you demand that there is this process of openly criticizing and therefore enhancing ideas of people. So this is a small list of little simple things that are controllable, that you can influence, that you can expect and demand from people, but but that are all geared towards instantiating a process of knowledge creation as opposed to controlling the knowledge that is being created itself. And that is the fundamental difference between this first type of bad control, where we control people and outcomes in the sense that we force what knowledge should be created, used and executed within a group, whereas in the other examples of let's say good use of control you are only controlling that there is a process of optimum knowledge creation being managed being maintained being improved as opposed to um, a, classis- uh, a a more classical process where the knowledge is created as a result of who gets to decide what and without any kind of variation or flexibility uh, to those rules and therefore no more optimum knowledge creation, no more optimum cooperation in how ideas get enhanced in teams because we strictly rely on two strict rules and regulations of how to divide and split up who gets to create what kind of knowledge and that is therefore the bad use of knowledge uh, creation or of control of knowledge creation. Any good use of control is or should always be geared towards that process or instantiating uh, and growing and improving the process of optimum knowledge creation. So I hope this was a little bit clear and interesting for any kind of questions, remark, or criticism, please contact me. And as always, thank you for listening.